Hey everybody, welcome into the Sports Plus podcast at home. I believe this is episode five of at home. I don't know. I've lost count of our podcast numbers. I've lost count of the days. Pretty much everything. It's all running together. I'm here. I'm Corey Miller with Frank Cusimano, sports director here at Five on Your Side, and Ahmad Hicks, our sports reporter. And if you hear some birds uh, right now, Frank is deep in the heart of nature recording this. He really wanted to get, he really is out hiking, you know, he's got to get a taste of nature while he's, uh, while we're all at home still. I'm such a horticulturist. I love gardening and being outside. Not really. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's get right to, I mean, the biggest thing this entire week has been obviously the reaction to, to the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis and the ensuing protests and things of that nature. And we've got Ahmad on here. He had a really heartfelt, passionate uh, commentary he shared on our website the other day. It's got people talking, which which is a good thing, and I think is what he was trying to go about in the first place. Uh, and I just wanted him on here to, to talk about uh, his commentary and his thoughts in the last couple of weeks and, and what he's seen. Uh, yeah, thanks, Cora, for, for bringing me back. Uh, so basically, you know, being an African-American, growing up in St. Louis, I breathe. And I mean, everything I do and love is for Cardinals and Blues, you know, especially for sports here at KSTK. Uh, but oftentimes, being an African-American man, we see things that people just don't understand, you know, if they're not one of us. And uh, so growing up, my parents always told me stories about things they protested about, things their parents protested about, marches they participated in. I always heard about it and the history, you know, and I would always hear certain things about our organizations or whatever, but I never really paid any attention to it. And, um, you know, when you see these things happen over and over and over and over again, it hurts and it's, it's frustrating and it's very painful uh, because you feel like you can, you're connected with that person uh, no matter what happens. Uh, and so when George Floyd passed and, you know, we see these things on social media and you just think like, what if we didn't have cameras? Like, would this really be happening? Like, will we really be catching these cops or whoever in the acts, you know, of these crimes that they commit? So um, I saw the comments and, you know, I, the Cardinals and blues, you know, I know how they can unite us. Um, and so when I saw they hadn't put out a statement, um, a couple of teams had, a lot of teams had, a lot of teams had, it, they did it on Blackout Tuesday where they changed their avatars or their backgrounds to black or said something about Black Lives Matter and George Floyd. They addressed the, the matter specifically. The Cardinals didn't when they released that statement. And I just felt like when they did not address the topic head on, it was a perfect time for me as a sportscaster to hold my home teams accountable, but also tell people in the world and try to share my story about or an African-American and what it's like, you know, to go through this stuff and to see it over again. Because when my parents told me about what they participated in back in the day, and I, we're still protesting right now, I just think sometimes the narrative gets changed. Uh, people don't want to address this controversial topic. And I mean, I'll admit, I was shaking while editing that piece yesterday. I was so nervous before I put it out because I just didn't know what would happen. Uh, I was truly afraid. And at the end, I almost texted Jordan Palmer over our web and I almost told him, I, I'm not going to do it. But then I was like, I talked to a couple of people and they all said, you would be letting us down if you didn't say anything. They're like, this is why you have that platform. And so um, I called out the Cardinals for not addressing racism, not addressing police brutality against African-Americans and social injustice. Those are things that plague our community now, 
whether people realize it or not. And my thing was when I wrote that article, I was not trying to sway anyone's opinions or beliefs. I just wanted people to understand that not everybody walks the same path. Not everybody goes the same thing. And racism is really, really, really blamed nowadays, more so than it's ever been in my entire life. And I think when you always hear um, someone say, well, I'm not racist. I have a lot of black friends. That means nothing, you know? And so stuff like that, it's just a double standard we have in, in, in this society. It just kind of like, all right, let me address this. The Cardinals failed to address it. So let me use their platform, call them out, but have nothing against them. Just say they missed this opportunity. And the idea was to get people talking. And it obviously has a lot yeah. of people talking right now. I so definitely it's been the uh, number one story on our website all day today. Uh, people read it a lot yesterday. And thank I, I, I want to thank you for, for writing that. It really, uh, I, I was, I was enjoying editing it uh, or looking at it through, uh, seeing your thoughts on what's been going on. And we've had, Frank's got a lot of good guests that we've been uh, highlighting here. Ozzy Smith's story uh, stuck with me kind of a little bit because even someone as popular and famous as him has had to deal with uh, stuff like that. So I'm glad we've been able to shine a little bit of light on, uh, on what's been going on this past week. Uh, thank you for that, Ahmad. I think that was needed. Uh, no let's, let's get to let's get to some other uh, sports stuff because there's a lot going on. Uh, even though there's nothing going on, the baseball thing, I don't even know what to think anymore. Honestly, it seems like every day I get a little bit of hope, and then it's just totally squashed. And literally minutes before we started recording this on what's today's Thursday, the Players Association came out with like another strong statement, just saying they're entrenched. They're they're not budging. I don't know if we're going to see baseball anymore. Frank, you talked about Nightingale. He's still at least somewhat optimistic. What's your read on everything right now? Well, if I had to guess, I still think there's going to be baseball because I think in the end, uh, the owners have to realize that if they don't have a season this year, how upset baseball fans are going to be. So what is that going to do to season ticket sales and how many fans are they going to lose forever? If in this terrible COVID-19, you know, protest ridden summer that a billionaire owner and a millionaire player can't get together and play some baseball games, I think they're going to, the, the damage will be severe. And, and I think in the end, something is going to get done. Now, if I'm a player right now, um, I don't want revenue sharing at all. What I want to be is paid on a prorated basis. I don't want any part of that um, because we don't know how many games are going to be played. But, you know, in the end, I think they're going to find a way. A, a big deal if you only make on an eighth of your salary. Let's say an eighth of your salary is 400000 Do you want to make $400,000 in the year 2020 or make zero in the year 2020? So I think in the end, they're somehow going to get it together. Maybe a 70, 80 game, maybe a 70 game season looks like the best case scenario now. Honestly, the most frustrating thing for me is, I mean, it's, it's harder for baseball because they hadn't even started a year, but you see the NHL working together with their players. You see the NBA working together with their players. They both have plans in place and we're still waiting, of course, because they want to make sure everything's safe, but at least they have a plan of something to happen. Baseball is just back and forth 
yelling and it's just oh it's driving me nuts that's what you get when you have a bunch of players who make a lot of money i think we can all agree that baseball is probably the wealthiest sport of the uh three that are talking about going back uh with basketball and hockey but i mean you have players who some of them make what 10 15 million dollars a game or something like that uh you know a lot of money or in a season so i mean obviously it, they're they're young or not all are young but they're stubborn you know as they should be they're the ones putting their bodies on the line and risking it all you know risking getting sick or risking getting injured you know when they go out there and do that but like frank said i think that at the end of the day we will see something happen because once they see the nba and the nhl you know take these strides and may potentially play a game they're not going to sit back and just let their season go to waste what do you think of the NBA Disney uh, proposal? I think that's pretty interesting. Apparently, the players are going to be allowed to golf and, like, go out to eat. But that's, like, like two of the only things they're going to be allowed to do other than practice and play. It's going to be wild. Yeah, I think I liked the idea. I think um, Commissioner Adam Silver was very creative in it. One of the things that's a little bit dumb is, that if you are the team with the better record, you're allowed one player to have seven fouls instead of six. That's kind of stupid. You probably shouldn't, dispute, shouldn't mess with the, you know, on-court product. But I think it's a good idea. And it was really interesting how they made sure that Zion Williamson's New Orleans yeah. Pelicans are going to somehow be a part of it. Brad Beal's team is 24 and 40, and they're going to be a part of it. So they made sure the, the superstars were somehow going to be in Orlando. And I don't know about the rest of you. When the NBA playoffs start, I'll be watching. Oh, my gosh, yeah. NBA, I mean, I'm thinking of baseball without fans, and that'll be weird. But I think NBA and NHL playoffs without fans, it's just going to be so bizarre. I'm trying to picture these teams lifting trophies with nobody there, and I can't even picture what it's going to be like. It's just so dystopian. It feels insane. Yeah, the league better – yeah, and the league better hope that LeBron James is in this thing till the end because yeah. you, you, you've lost a percentage of fans. It's playing basketball when you're not normally watching basketball. It's competing against the NFL and college football at the end. They better hope they got some star power, and that star power is LeBron James in the finals. I think he'll point. find a way to get there, or it'll at least give them uh, leading up to the week prior to the finals at least we'll get the clippers and the lakers i mean you're, yeah. you're bound to get that so so you're we'll, saying you wouldn't, get want a, uh, you wouldn't want a grizzlies wizards uh finals i guess absolutely no. not <laughs> the, well the wizards uh i would love to support brad bill i mean come on oh, there we go. would love to see him in a final but uh we know that's not gonna happen most likely let's uh Let's talk some college basketball now instead of NBA basketball. Big week for the Billikens off the court. Uh, as we kind of thought was going to happen, uh, Jordan Goodwin, Hassan French, both coming back for their senior years. Frank, I know you're fired up. Uh, this has got to be – slew fans just can't wait for the season to start because this is the year that everything's been building towards. And now you've got a team – Gosh, how many players deep? I don't know, 10, 11 players deep that you're going to be able to roll with and maybe make a run at doing something special. Yeah, when you get uh, over a 48-hour time period, 2,100 points, you know, returning to your team, that's pretty good. And then, you know, you throw in the fact that those two are really good, Hassan French and Jordan Goodwin, but their best offensive players, Javante Perkins. So you're probably going to get 
you know, 40 to 45 points every night from your big three. All reports are that Fred Thatch Jr. is back and doing well. Um, they, they just have so many bodies. I, I talked to Travis the other day, and I said, your biggest problem is going to be distribution of playing time. You know, normally we talk about the Billikens having like eight or nine guys. We're talking about this in August. And then they get to the, the conference tournament, and they got six guys, and they got to play a manager or a walk-on. They got <laughs> 11 or 12 bodies right now. I mean, they are going to be, you know, a preseason top. 30 team and I think you know they're going to be an NCAA tournament team and maybe a sweet 16 squad before it's all said and done can you guys think, sense the excitement in oh, Frank's voice right now oh that is just I love <laughs> he's got it his right final, now he's got his final four trip booked already I know he, yeah, um, yeah he missed March Gibson, Gibson Jimerson being healthy I think is is going to be one of the, the secret weapons mm-hmm. here because yeah. I mean they needed a shooter they had him for a little bit and then he gets hurt and kind of when he got hurt last year I'm not going to say it killed the season because obviously there was still talent there. But once he went down, you're just like, God oh, darn. Felt like they needed him to go to another level. You know, you, I definitely agree with, you, uh, agree with you on that because shooting just, I mean, it makes a team so much better when you have a guy that can light it up from anywhere on the court at any given time. But my thing is, I think that was a valuable learning lesson for Coach Four and the Billikens last year because it showed them what they could do without Gibson Jimerson on the court. The emergence of Terrence Hargrove uh, in place of Gibson Jimerson towards the end of the season. I hope he gets some I mean, playing time here next yeah, year. I'm worried exactly. about him getting playing time now. Well, he, he's still their, one of their best finishers. I think they could yeah. really go small ball a lot and a not lot. go with the six foot ten guy, uh, Jimmy Bell, and just just put a bunch of athletes on the floor, a bunch of skilled players, and let them go. Because man, when you have a point guard like Yuri Collins who will distribute, and you got these guys who can knock it down and stud athletes. That is a fun team to freaking watch. Yeah, I mean, think about the stretches that they can have. I mean, let's be real. Like Frank just said, they can go play small ball where you have a lineup where you have Yuri, Fred Thatch, Jordan Goodwin, Hassan French, and Gibson Jimerson. And then you can subtract somebody and throw in a Terrence Hargrove. Or you can th- subtract someone and throw in Javante Perkins, who comes off the bench. I mean, they have so many options that they can go to next year. I think it'll be a matter of them really speeding up the tempo and playing fast-paced basketball because Yuri Collins, I mean, he's going to push the pace. He's one year smarter. The game's going to slow down for him. He's going to start to see things that he didn't see as a freshman. So I think the sky's the limit. And I, I really think they average, you know, 80 to 90 points a game next year. Should be exciting. It's too bad we're going to have to wait a while. Um, last thing here before we get off for this episode, Frank's in the middle of his uh, Olympian countdown this week on Five on Your Side. And, oh, my goodness, St. Louis has some of the best athletes to ever play sports come from this town. This list is pretty incredible, uh, from track stars to even found a, a speed skating uh, star there, Frank. Yeah, it's amazing, Corey. Once, you, once we put the list out on Monday and people get a feel for what it's about, I get hit with a ton of emails and, you know, oh, my goodness, I forgot Margaret from the 1936 games or something like that. <laughs> but we had a good list. Today was a – I'm not going to reveal the final two, but today was a really good one at three and four with the great Al Joyner and Don Harper Nelson. Um, we had the Spinks brothers in there, and we're, gonna, we're doing a special piece on Michael, who also made our list. I think he's the most underrated athlete in St. Louis history. I mean, he was a light heavyweight champion, the heavyweight champion. He beat Larry Holmes twice. The Spinks brothers are, are a great story in St. Louis. Yeah, I was just going to 
focus a little more on the Sphinxes because I don't think they get enough play nationally uh, because uh, I knew, of course, who they were before we started doing these lists, and this is the second time the Sphinxes have come up in something we've been been editing. And as I learned more and more about them, these guys were the best in the world, and I don't think they get nearly enough play around the country uh, as as good as they were. Yeah, you know, um, especially Michael. Um, we interviewed Ozzy Smith this week, and um, Ozzy talked about how, you know, later in his career, he wanted to add bulk, but he didn't want to add body fat. So he went to New Orleans and worked out with this trainer named Mackie Shillstone. Well, that same trainer turned Michael Spinks from a 170-pound light heavy into a heavyweight. He gained 25 pounds and lost 2% body fat and then beat Larry Holmes and became a great heavyweight. And that's part of the story that we do with, with Michael Spinks, which will air next week. But it's, it's an amazing story, these Spinkses. They, were, uh, they captivated our town in the 1976 Olympics in Montreal, and they'll, and they'll always be remembered fondly in St. Louis. Frank, when you were putting this story together, Frank, when you were putting this story together and you were talking about the Sphinx and their body fat and how built they were, did that ever make you think about how you wish you ever had that body back in the day? Oh. Listen oh, to Chuck LaRue over here. <laughs> I don't think Ahmad's, Ahmad hasn't seen the old Umsel pictures, I guess. Oh, um, yeah. You know what? You know, I do. I have noticed that um, in this time of COVID-19, uh, where I played just a little, you know, I haven't had really a chance to play golf much in my life because if I have free time, it's watching Alex and Brooke play golf or watching Dom play golf There's, or play baseball. And there's only so much time. So during this time period, those two have not been playing tournaments. So I've actually been playing. And I've noticed that if you walk 18 holes in 90 degrees, it does something for your weight. I mean, it really dramatically <laughs> reduces it. So the golf diet is not a bad one. Oh, man, hey, that's been, a lot uh, of golf. I've been finding my way into uh, carts here lately, but I oh, guess I should probably You're walk. playing a lot of golf, but you're using a cart, huh? Most of the time. In Illinois, we had to walk for a little while, and then they, they just recently opened it up. But uh, yeah, I ride my bike, so I get, I get the exercise in a little bit. I rode 28 miles yesterday, so oh, that's good. I'm getting it yeah. in. Yeah. Mom, hey, what have you been doing? Say- um, walking that 100-pound German Shepherd that you saw earlier. Uh, he's a load at times. We walk about two and a half miles a day. We split it up, one and a half in the morning. Well, 1.2 in the morning, and, you know, 1.3 at night to be exact. But, uh, yeah, or, or until he gets tired. The heat wears him out a lot now. Hey, before we go, I, I do want to, you know, uh, congratulate Ahmad on having the courage and the guts to write that story. Um, as he mentioned, it's not going to please everybody. But, you know, how do we know racism? You know, we're, unless we walk in Ahmad's shoes, and the more and more I interview, you know, some of my uh, heroes like Ozzie Smith and Conzo Martin and Howard Richards and Mike Claiborne and Demetrius Johnson, you know, I hear a story. So um, I wish I could say I know the plight. I don't, but I appreciate Ahmad, you know, taking the time to relay his feelings on KSDK.com. And if I could ask you guys one question, both before we get out of here on that, was there ever a point in that article where you said, wow, I can't believe I never thought of it this way. Was there ever that moment where you read that article and thought to yourself that? Well, we kind of talk a lot. So I kind of knew 
uh, a lot of the stuff I think you were going to say. Uh, it, it, uh, I was definitely enthralled and it, it did make me, uh, know I need to listen more. I know that for sure. Yeah. I, I, I definitely need to listen more too. And in fact, I did, dedicated the beginning of my radio show today about, about that very topic, listening more and caring more, you know, you can be different politically, but you know, you can disagree on taxes, but you can't disagree on treating everybody with dignity. That's, that's the only thing that matters. Well said, that's, Frank. Well said. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me from, uh, for Sports Plus at home. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Should be back next week. I, I think we might go Facebook Live again. And I think that McGuire documentary is not this weekend, but next weekend. So we Following might study, talk, yeah. about, talk about that a little bit leading up to it. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a good rest of your week.